Hello, and welcome to Looking for Light, a podcast dedicated to helping you find hope in dark days. I'm your host, Erin Mount, and after years of struggling with depression and anxiety, I decided to create this podcast to offer others a way to navigate their mental health journeys through a Christian perspective. Tune in for honest and open dialogue about issues related to faith and mental health. This is Looking for Light. Well, hello, friend, and thank you for joining me once again on this episode of Looking for Light. Today, I want to talk about something very important, and that is the idea of speaking up. When you are struggling with mental illness, there is a temptation to isolate and to keep those feelings inside and not share them with others. But the longer you do this, the more you are harming yourself. I have found in my own experience that... The more I tried to hide my feelings and suppress what I was going through, the greater those feelings became, the more power they ended up having over me because I was handling it or trying to handle it all by myself. As I was reflecting on previous experiences with depression, I realized that in delaying my seeking of help, I was delaying my healing and the longer you stay silent, the longer you're going to go without the help that you need that could get you better. And so I want to encourage you, if you are dealing with any kind of mental illness and you're trying to go it alone, to reconsider and to reach out. I want to share a little bit about the things that led me to seek help in the hopes that you might recognize your own situation or the situation of someone that you love and be able to offer them counsel as they seek out help. I want to remind you before I jump in that I am not a licensed professional. And so anything that I say on this program is based on my own experiences and the therapy and medical treatment that I personally have received and is not rooted in any kind of professional training. That being said, here are some of the symptoms that told me that I needed to get help. I experienced persistent and prolonged sadness. That was one of the things that I first noticed and the thing that really seemed to linger the longest for me was just this deep sadness not necessarily weeping all of the time, but just this pervasive feeling of gloom that I could not shake. I also had a lot of trouble sleeping. I experienced insomnia for weeks and months. I would either have trouble going to sleep or have trouble staying asleep, but it was not uncommon for me to spend a majority of the night awake which, as you can imagine, is very difficult for lots of different reasons. But definitely when dealing with mental illness, sleep is so important and so restorative that not having it is very harmful. Another thing that I experienced is a loss of interest in daily activities. I basically didn't feel like doing much of anything. I found little enjoyment in things that used to bring me a lot of pleasure. And so I spent a lot of time just lying in bed, 
which brings me to the next issue, which was difficulty with getting out of bed, especially in the mornings. Mornings were extremely difficult for me. I wrestled with just wanting to lie in bed and be sad and not face the day. And so I was tortured every morning with the reality that I had a life that I needed to live, but I didn't want to face it. I also wanted to just be by myself all of the time. I did not feel like I was good company to be around, for one. And also, I just didn't want to have to carry on a conversation. I wanted to be alone with my thoughts and my misery and not inflict that on anyone else. I also had a lot of increased anxiety. My thoughts raced all of the time. I was constantly playing out worst-case scenarios in my head, worrying about everything, big and small, and just having a hard time finding any kind of calm or peace. In addition to that, I felt very hopeless. I began to feel like I was a terrible person, that my life was awful, that I was a failure at everything, that nothing was going to get better, that nothing was ever going to change. And that left me in feeling a lot of despair. I just felt like I was stuck and that things were never going to change, which led me to really develop significant thoughts of suicide. They started out very generally, just kind of wishing that the pain would go away and desiring to find an escape for all that I was feeling. And then they became more specifically rooted to a plan of how I would take my life and that was one of the most difficult symptoms that I experienced. Now, you may be listening to this and thinking, how do I know if this is actually a problem or if it's just something temporary? And I would say that in my experience, um, the difference between just a temporary sadness and more Significant depression is the length of time that you experience those things um, because we're all going to have periods of sadness and times when we don't want to get out of bed or we just struggle to get through the day. But when those become a thing that lasts for weeks at a time, I think that's when you have a really significant problem. And you also need to ask yourself how much the things that you're feeling are interfering with your daily life. Is it hard for you to accomplish the tasks that used to be easy? Is your life unmanageable when it used to be fairly straightforward? Are you especially having thoughts about harming yourself? Those kinds of things definitely should prompt you to seek outside help. So, what do you do? You need to seek help. And that help comes in two forms, professional and personal. The thing to realize is that you cannot face mental illness by yourself, and you don't have to. I would encourage you first and foremost to tell a family member or a friend what you've been experiencing. It is a lot easier to deal with mental illness when you have other people who are in your corner who are supporting you. And I know that it's hard sometimes to admit that you're struggling because there is a lot of shame attached to that. 
But I want to tell you that there is no shame in admitting that you are experiencing depression or anxiety or any other kind of mental illness. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, one in five adults experienced mental illness in 2019, and one in 20 adults experienced serious mental illness. So that right there shows you that you are not alone in what you are facing. And you can choose how much or how little you want to share. The important thing is that you let your loved ones know what is happening so that they can be there for you and help you and be a source of encouragement. Having that first conversation with a loved one about your depression or anxiety is really difficult. I know that when I first had to admit to my husband that I was depressed and suicidal, it was really hard. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I was afraid of what he would think of me. I was afraid that he would say that he couldn't handle it or that it was too much, that I was too much. And I was worried that he would take it personally, that he would think that I was unhappy with our life together or that he had done something to cause my depression. And so I didn't know what he was going to say. And so for a long time, it was easier for me to say nothing. But I realized when I opened up to him that I was including him as a partner in what I was going through that my sharing with him was an invitation for him to come alongside me and to fulfill the vows that we made to each other to love each other in sickness and in health. When I was honest with my husband about what I was feeling and the things I was afraid of, he was able to reassure me and to speak truth over me and remind me of the things that I had forgotten specifically that he loved me, that nothing that I could do was going to change his commitment to me, and more importantly, that God loved me and that he wanted me to find healing and to be whole. So I would encourage you, if you are scared, to work past those feelings of fear and reach out to someone in your life who can be there to walk alongside you. You can face this better when you're not facing it alone. When it comes to seeking professional help, there are a variety of different paths that you can take. If you're not really sure where to start and you already have a primary care provider, I would recommend starting there. You can set up an appointment with that person and tell them what's going on, and they can refer you to a mental health provider. You can also consider talking to your pastor and seeing if they have any recommendations for a counselor in your area. If you're employed, you can check with your employer to see if they have what's called an employee assistance program, which is set up to provide you care with a mental health care provider. And typically, there are some visits that are covered by your company at the beginning, and that can be a good resource. If none of those options are available to you, you can also look online by going to the Psychology Today website and searching 
for providers in your area. They give you profiles of different people and also tell you what insurance companies those providers accept if they take insurance. And if you do have health insurance and want to use that to seek treatment, another option is to call your network and ask them to give you a list of in-network providers in your area. That can give you at least a place to start in terms of narrowing down potential providers. You can research those providers online to see what you can find out about them or even ask people in your life if they have any firsthand experience with any of the people on that list. If you're in a city with a college or university, you could also check to see if that school has a counseling center and you can call them and see if they can refer you to any kind of outside providers. You could also check with the psychology departments of those universities and see if they are aware of any people that they might recommend. A lot of times people who are teaching in psychology or other areas related to that also have private practices. And so that's another avenue that you can explore. So all of those are different ways that you can go about finding a treatment provider for you. I will also say that don't be discouraged if the first person that you meet with is not the right fit for you. You may have to go through a couple of different providers to find the one who is best suited for you and the circumstances that you're going through. And that is totally okay. There is nothing wrong with you if the first person you meet with doesn't really seem to click with you. That's okay. And I know that most therapists want to be able to offer the best help that they can to the people they encounter. And if that means referring them to someone else, then that's what they will do. So don't let that deter you from seeking help. Now, you may be listening to this and thinking, Erin, I would love to get help, but I have no idea who I can turn to. There's really no one in my life who, who I can share with. I don't know what to do. If that is you and you are in crisis, meaning you are having persistent thoughts of suicide, you feel hopeless and as though your situation is not going to get better, I would encourage you very strongly to use the resources that are available to you through the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. And you can call that number and be connected with someone who is trained to speak with individuals who are suffering with depression or other kinds of mental health issues. You can also chat online if that's a more comfortable option for you. And then if you want to be able to text with someone, you can text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741, and that will connect you with someone who is also trained to provide help to those who are seeking some kind of treatment. They can ask questions, help you to figure out resources in your area. They are a listening ear. They can provide you with some feedback, some tips to help you get on the right track. Finally, I want to remind you that your ultimate source of help is found in God.
bring your sorrow to him. Be honest with him about what you feel. Ask him to be near to you, to comfort you, to restore your joy. Don't be afraid to admit all that you are dealing with. As I said before, he is big enough to handle any emotions that we bring to him. He created you and knows you intimately and wants you to find healing. To close today, I want to read Psalm 121. It's one that I have turned to many times when I have felt helpless, and it has reminded me where I can always turn and who will always be there for me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Remember those words, friend. Know that he will not let your foot be moved, that he will keep your life. When it seems hopeless, look up and remember that and keep looking for light. You have been listening to Looking for Light, a podcast by Aaron Mount. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. You can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at Looking for Light Pod. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review to help others find it. Thanks for listening.